Welcome to Morning with Titan. Um, this is awesome. Kathy Castro is here, and I don't know. You're you're an artist. You play the piano. You're you you uh, DJ. You have your own empire you've created. Um, you're from the Netherlands, and um, we've been friends for a couple of years here. And I've got to see you grow so much. Uh, something I love about you is that you're a youngster with a mentality of a guy that's lived a hundred years you're mm -hmm. you're so focused yeah so first thanks for coming in no my, my pleasure how's your my legs pleasure. my legs are uh, jelly <laughs> my legs are jelly I love that you did that though I, I, I messaged you and I said uh, tomorrow morning 5 a.m. legs and you instantly were like in most guys don't want to train with me on legs no I uh, but you know with with uh, I guess my story it's that I've always, I, I want to learn. I want to do things that make me uncomfortable. And that's something that, um, you know, I had a very difficult youth and I, I moved away from home when I was 14 years old. So I was always already taking care of myself. So I realized very young that I needed to, you know, keep learning and keep being open-minded in order to basically survive. So, you know, seeing your videos years ago and learning from you and learning from all the other guys that were busy, uh, I've always been, uh, you know, really open to, to learning and to really wanting to see what works for me uh, and now it's it's an honor to you know be here and be be such good friends with you and your family so it's uh, it's amazing well you're a success question then hey, let's go back to when you were 14 and you were kind of on your own can you go into that yeah yeah I mean um, it's actually funny I'm actually also here in LA I did a meeting with Generation Iron they're gonna do a documentary on, on my story uh, and I'm also finishing off a, a book about it. Um, it's as, and it's, I mean, it's a story about, you know, I, I went from Mexico uh, to Canada. Uh, my, my family immigrated there. And I was very talented with uh, soccer, with uh, football. And I got the chance to go to, to Europe. Um, but, you know, my family was, my parents are amazing people, loving, hardworking, but we were not uh, rich, right? So they, I had to go there by myself. Uh, had to really How old were you at that time? 14, 14, 14. 15, yeah. So it was very difficult. I was going to countries that I didn't even speak the language. And I was, you know, obviously playing a sport is you're, you're all in the same language. So that, that got me through it. Um, and yeah, so I, I got I got to Europe and, you know, I was there for about four years playing, three, four years. And then I had a lot of issues with my with my work uh, permits and my passports. So I was having a lot of political problems in terms of being able to get the opportunity to get that pro contract. So I was actually playing very high level soccer. And then that's where, yeah, that kind of led into the, the next part of my life, which was, you know, going to school, DJing, music, fitness. So well, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing that you went on your own to do that. And I always am impressed when anybody like Mona coming to America and not speaking the language and becoming a success. And yeah. I think that's incredible that you did the same thing. You know, you're traveling, at such a young age, yeah. to other places not speaking the language. Um, that's impressive. Mostly playing uh, athletics, some kind of sport, like football, soccer, to the rest of the world. Um, it's uh, it's cool to see that that you, been, you you took that and moved it on to something else, like health and fitness. Yeah. Um, and your empire with the clothing and everything yeah. that you're doing. Um, and it translated. Yeah. Yeah, so like... You know, when I when I went over and I had all the problems with uh, with getting the contracts, at some point I had to decide: am I am I going to come back to uh, to my family or am I going to uh, 
uh, go to take a scholarship to the NCAA in America, to universities that I didn't really like or there wasn't subjects that I liked there. Uh, so it was a really difficult decision. It was a difficult time as well because you go from training twice a day, loving a sport like it's your soul, uh, to all of a sudden, oh my God, what if, so it's over. You know, you have these visions of playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid. Right. Um, so it was very depressing, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, a lot of stress. Uh, and then I was able to find a university in the Netherlands, Technical University of Delft, um, which was actually affordable for me and my family. So it was really, it's an amazing country, the Netherlands. I'm really, I've, I've lived in Canada, Mexico, I've traveled the whole world. Uh, and I'm really, really yeah, proud of, of that country, that. actually. Uh, and it's, yeah, I went to university and in that first, you know, year, that's, this is kind of my entrance into fitness and into bodybuilding. That first year after football, I, was, I had a lot of, you know, anxiety, depression. I was going to university now for aerospace engineering. Very difficult study. Yeah. Um, and I just, my body just broke down. I was, uh, I was overweight. Um, in order to pay for everything, I started to, because I was talented with the piano and playing music and DJing. I was working on the weekends. So I was, my, my life was literally like, from Monday to Friday, school for 10 hours. And then Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, I was DJing in a club till 6 a.m. So if you wow. can imagine how that, what kind of a toll that takes on your body after, you know, even- You weren't getting a lot of lifting in. I, I hadn't even started lifting yet. It was, it was really just, you know, trying to get through that. Through see, that, see make a the, living yeah. and get the degree. Yeah, exactly. And I, but there came a point where it just like completely broke down. And I was like, I feel horrible. I feel insecure. I'm, I looked at, I've never felt so unfit in my life. I said, I need to, I need to do something. How old were you at this time? This was about 18, 19 now. Yeah. So this is my first year of, of university. Right. And um, so of course, with an aerospace engineering study, you know, I was, I was from eight in the morning until 6 PM I was in school. So there's not really a lot of sports, team sports or that you can really plan out or, or do in, in that time. Um, but there was the gym, right? That's always there. You can go whenever you can. Did somebody get you in it or, or did you just kind of go, I, I got to get some kind of workout in? Well, I, 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 I was always, you know, really interested in, in strength and conditioning. Um, when I was a soccer player, like I knew absolutely everything about increasing your VO2 max in order to be, you know, on the pitch and run faster and longer than everybody else. So I was really into the science of, of performance, so not so much muscle building. Right. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I was going to go to the gym and I was feeling basically insecure, overweight, not good. Okay, it's time to start learning how to, how to control that, right? And then that's when I started to read everything that I could find, watching videos, your videos, your, your content, everything, absolutely everything, and taking, taking notes, trying something, hey, that doesn't work for me, trying something else, hey, that works for me, and slowly... I started to build my own, basically, structure of, of, of being successful at controlling my, my composition. So that's how it started. And you know, you know how it is. Once you start seeing progression, you start seeing yeah. results, the addiction yeah. <laughs> part comes in. You just love it. And you want to see how far you can, you can take it. And um, that's how I got into, into fitness. So it was actually to try to make myself healthier in a, in a period where I was very depressed and I was very actually unhealthy. So it was, uh, it saved me at that point. 
Um, what was the turning point? Because that's when you know everybody talks about how great life is and how they're doing and yeah. successful. I'm curious because um, it's the interesting stories of, of, of how you got through that, uh, the downfalls um, before you made it. Those are the things that I, I don't think people hear enough about because yeah. you got to somewhere where you are now, but it's because of what you did then. Mm -hmm. So what was it that uh, when you're doing your schooling and everything and you were heavy or overweight or just out of shape in a point where you got depressed and didn't like how you felt, what was it that triggered that said, okay, enough of this? I guess that's, you know, at some point you get tired of being tired, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, and, and just, you know, a lot of things uh, at that age, you know, the girl you like doesn't like you back. Uh, you know, things, those are the first real motivations you, you, you use to go to the gym, right? They're not the best. Obviously, you should just love the gym. But that's what gets you in there. So for me, it was just, you know, I felt horrible. I was in a country where I didn't have a lot of friends because I couldn't even speak the language. Um, so for me, it was really, I was just tired of Being feeling tired. that way. So I was like, hey, I got to do something and I'm just going to be open to anything because I have no idea what I need to do in order to get out of that. So I was like, I'm, I'm just going to go in the gym and, and train and, and start at least with my body right. that I feel healthier. And then we'll go from there and see how you know my life expands after that. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's the, I guess that's the clearest, clearest point. Point, yeah. Um, and you were still young at that point. You're 18, 19, 20 years old in that point, and, and you're studying and you're watching YouTube and you're. What I like is that you watch, you apply. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, you move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, but you're not afraid to try things and yeah. get going. How important is that? Just to the point of get going. And starting, you, you know, when somebody asked me, what is the, you know, because I've done, a, if, if you look at, especially the last like five to 10 years of what I've done with fitness, and then also, you know, DJing at Tomorrowland, the biggest place that you can play as a DJ, producing for, you know, amazing record labels. The, the common trait in all of those successes is I love to learn and to try. I actually take pleasure in learning something, applying it, and if it fails, then if I don't see it as a failure. I see it as like, oh, now I learned that that's not the right way to do it from for me or for whatever it is I'm doing. So when when people ask me what is the secret, the secret is to learn how to love, how to learn. I, there was something Denzel Washington. He sticks in my mind the most uh, for saying, if you're not failing, you're not trying. That's right. And I thought that's, that's, that's amazing because nobody wants to fail. Everybody wants just to be good at everything. Right? Yeah. And if you're not trying, you're not learning. So learn when you, when you learn about something, you know, it, it's, it's, it flows into the next thing. Hey, oh, that's how it works. So that's how, well, now that I know everything about it, let's see what happens if I try it. Right. So that's the, the first step is not really trying. It's learning about what you want to try. And once you can learn that, then you're going to try and then then it becomes like okay i'm going to keep trying until i get it right so that's learning for me i feel like that's really the root of beginning uh, to you know to become successful in something so i've been in the industry since 1987 in the magazines so i'm thinking that's probably right around before you were born <laughs> yes, yeah. it was it was before you were born yeah it was yeah. so i was in the magazines already before you were born and, and 
I've met everybody there is. And it's amazing um, uh, when you, you meet the youngsters that get that success. And you technically got success pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I know it's been a long journey, um, but you're 29. You're, you're ahead of the health and fitness world as an influencer, in my opinion, and, and the numbers show it. But you have such a humbleness to you and a willing to learn and a willing to be um, kind. Um, but the other word is peaceful. Yeah. Where I, I meet so many that have won titles and, and have got whatever that is, the titles and the trophies and everything. And they don't have nearly as much um, success as you outside in the real world and business. And they kind of get an attitude. What is it that keeps you humble and, and at peace? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. Or do you find yourself that way? I mean, I don't know how you view yourself. It, I, I think it, no, I, I do. It's something that I've, I've worked on. So, you know, I had, I had my first dip in my life was that, that period of stopping my dream, going to school. Um, but then about four or five years ago, I had another moment that was for me extremely important uh, about four years ago now, um, where a lot of things were happening in my life that were just horrible. So, you know, I was, I was engaged and she cheated up with my best friend and uh, somebody was trying to steal a brand from my company from me. So I had a period where I became so distrustful of people and I felt like I'm, I'm being kind and giving, 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 and everybody just wants to take from me. Uh, that I 24, 25 at this time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I mean, this is going to, this was the biggest lesson. And actually, you know, with the, the documentary and the book. Uh, what I actually want to give to people. It's, it's not the diet plans, it's, it's, it's the what I learned about. Um, yeah, it, I was basically suicidally depressed. It was really a, a bad period. Uh, I ended up not sleeping for three months and falling asleep at the wheel with my... And it, it, the, in the combination, the timeline was very, was very difficult because I was having a lot of financial success. You know, money's coming in, but I, nothing, I could, nothing I bought made me happy anymore. I was just lost. I didn't trust people. I didn't understand, you know, what what to do, how to feel, how to the perspective that I needed to take in order to get to the next step. So I had lost myself, fell asleep at the wheel, crashed at 130 kilometers an hour against the guardrail, and uh, it was all over the news in the Netherlands. It was really really bad moment for me. Uh, but at the same time, it was the most important moment of my life. So I woke. I basically woke up in the car, smashed everything. I was very lucky. I had minor injuries from what it could have been, um, but that became a moment. Actually, same thing. I was tired of being sad. So all of a sudden, I had this like epiphany. Like I had this feeling when I got out of the car. Like I don't. I don't care who I am. So I almost had like an ego death during a car crash. So I. I lost. I don't want to be Tavi anymore. I just want to be a human. So this is what this is what really happened to me at that moment. And from that moment, I started to really look into more. Okay, the spiritual side of things. You know, as a kid, you going to church, religion. It's all really like uh, you know, you can get quite. Uh, you find it cheesy or something like that. But all of a sudden, it's like wait, I felt something in that moment, and I want to figure out and understand what it was. Why did I all of a sudden? go from months of depression, I crash my car, and all of a sudden I'm, why am I so, why am I so light? And it was, it was ego death. It was a moment where I went, 
I don't care who I am. I'm a human. I'm not Tavi Castro, the guy with the, with the success. I'm a, I'm a person. And then you start to do a lot of your perspective changes. So the things that you want to achieve change. The, uh, the way that you see things change as well. The way that, that you look at people, perceive people, you start to understand them as he, that person is a product of their environment. It, it doesn't even though they hurt me, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person. Their environment created that. So that was like the biggest, the biggest lesson that I learned. And hopefully at some point I can, you know, send that message to other people who might be, you know, going through the same things with anxieties, depressions, you know, stresses of life, um, which can become crippling. Shut you down. Yeah. Shut you down. So that was such an eye opener for you at that moment. It was like, wait a minute. All right. I'm, I'm running myself ragged and, and trying to this image of who you were yeah. and you're like, wait a minute, this is a clarity moment. Um, I, yeah. I, I hope nobody else has to go through it to that extreme. Yeah. Um, but we've all hit the rock bottom like that. I yeah. hit the rock bottom. Uh, it wasn't anything like that. Uh, um, but at those moments, man, it really does open you up. What were the steps after that to make you go, okay, I'm going to do this again in a sense, rebuild who you are. Yeah. Um, try to trust people or, or build that trust and, and yeah. create things. What were the steps in, in meditation or, or yeah. lifting or what, what was it that helped you create this new you? Right. So, you know, right before that point, it was like the, that was really the wave of the viral photos from, you know, me and I was all of a sudden getting a ton of, that was creating a, I'm Tavi Castro. I need to do this, be this kind of person. Uh, but as it as I grew in the industry and with my success, I felt like people were just wanting to take from me, and that's why at that point I said I'm tired of being me. I'm tired of being Tavi Castro. I just want to be a human, and that you know that really kicked off the kind of the the spiritual journey of all right, what am I actually doing and why? You know, is are am I living a a life of ambition or a life of purpose? So am I going to achieve something? What if what if I died that day? What, what would I have achieved with my life? Did I give anything really back to the whole planet? You know, um, so that you know that led to reading everything about Buddha, Quran, Bible, and I started to make a lot of connections. Uh, also Eckhart Tolle, love Wayne Dyer. These are really really good authors. They they help to mold a different perspective. Uh, that actually I was now, now not attached to my goals and not attached to uh, people. And what I mean by that is you can say to yourself, I want to go, I want to have that mansion, the Ferrari, the money, the thing, the success. And until I have that, I'm unhappy. Right. Or you can see it as I have the goal of one day having a mansion, a Ferrari, all the success, all the money, whatever. But I'm happy with this treehouse I'm living in, in in the middle of nowhere, right? That perspective change all of a sudden motivated me more because now I'm already happy. I found, I found out how to be happy by being grateful or being, you know, forget what people have done to you. Forget the past. Don't think about the future. Be here now. It's really, a, a, I guess, being present in the moment. But not in a way that you're present in the moment, not thinking about the future, 
but you're not attaching yourself to the future. It's a great deal. I think the people, whoever is watching this and listening to this is going to love this portion because um, that's a great point that uh, you and I both know uh, very rich people that are very unhappy. Yeah. And I know tons of people that are absolutely broke, check, paycheck to paycheck, that are the most happy people in the world. And so what is it? And you just kind of described that whole concept of, of be present in what you're doing, keep working towards the goal, but live in the moment and be grateful. Yeah. Grateful is a, that's a, that's the biggest thing. Be grateful what you had yeah. or have, yeah. um, which I've known you before, uh, the little angel in your life. Yeah. So I've known you for a little while. So I've seen you, um, go from the, uh, the guy, the DJ, uh, um, um, the social media phenomenon or, or, or celebrity to a family man. And the transition was uh, beautiful to watch, um, especially as I watched it and I saw you grow as a person. And now that I'm a father, I know one of the first things that we talked about was uh, me being on this side of the fence now. It's something I never thought I would be a father. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we kind of talked about that. Can you talk about your family life and the raising and the changes that have happened in the last couple of years with this little, little yeah, one coming so, in? You know, after after my accident, after I started, you know, trying to learn more about the human ego and the consciousness, you know, why we why are we thinking the way that we think? Uh, in that moment, that's when I met Yanita, who I'm with right now, um, and she helped me to discover that as well. So I would reflect off of her, like the things that I've been thinking and doing. Uh, fell madly in love with each other, and then you know, two and a half years later, um, she got pregnant. And of course, uh, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> I was afraid I was, uh, I was not ready for it. Uh, it wasn't a, a planned, a planned pregnancy. Um, but something because of the, the changes in my perspective and the way I was seeing life, I was, I was, re I, I was ready subconsciously. Right. And, um, and then of course, you know, she was born and all the cliches are exactly true and in it, but it really, what it also made me realize uh, and learn what is real love because people say oh, you fall in love and then you fall out of love once you have a child and you define love it's you can't lose that you know that's why there's you know mothers whose children a serial killer they still love them you know they love the essence of the of the child and that was a, like such a amazing moment for me and it, it, and it motivated me so much to you know it made me happy just knowing that she was safe. So my, everything I was doing around that, so my training, my work, my business, now I wasn't doing it because I want to be more famous or I wasn't already at that moment, but now you had even more purpose, right? So I mentioned going from a life of ambition, leading a life of ambition to leading a life of purpose. Now you said something there that triggers something for me. There's a difference um, and I've seen this through my career is when you fight for that attention and 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 the purpose is fame or money The ambition is fame. Yeah it trickles mm -hmm. slow and it's a, and you're unhappy Compared to the point of what you're speaking of now from what I understand is is the point when you, you do it because you love I love working out and, and, yeah. and I love working out early four in the morning So it's my time, but I love it because I love it. Yeah, and it's it's my battle. It's my time and I do it because it's in me. Yeah. And everything that you're doing now is something yeah. greater. 
and you don't you think you flow better and and yeah. the other stuff comes and you're not trying as much yeah. it's like wait a minute i was butting my head against the wall over here going no i gotta be famous i gotta get this movie i gotta get this this money and it doesn't happen and then you're over here going no let me forget about that and let me just live life and be happy and love and be in the moment yeah and that's you know that's the if you really want to make it clear and, and define when you're when you're thinking about the future i want this I, I want to achieve that you know anxiety comes from uncertainty from the future and depression comes from pains from the past so the the present moment is really the only moment where you're actually in so that's why you know i i really believe that when you go to the gym and you're doing the mind muscle connection you're blocking out thought you're blocking out your anxieties you're blocking out your uh, your past pains, you're only focusing on your body. So, you know, when you read about meditation, meditation is not thinking. It's not, you know, elevating to some, some higher consciousness. It's really just turning off your thought. But you can also turn off your thought by doing things you love that, that pull you into the present moment. So if you're always anxiety, and you know, you're in the future. If you're always depressed, you're in the past. But the things that you love to do, like going to the gym, some people like to parachute and jump out of a plane, that brings them into the present moment. And then once, once a human is in the present moment, they're happy. Because then nothing matters. It doesn't matter that you could have more you know, material gain. It doesn't matter what happened in the past because you're okay, you're here. So the things that you, you love to do, so for me, you know, that's being in the studio, creating a song, or going to the gym, those are the moments where I get pulled back to the present moment and nothing else really matters for that moment and that refreshes you that gets you ready for the next Absolutely. the next goal you know the next thing you got to do that day or or in your you life we're talking about that because you were talking about when you go and you're in the studio and you're playing the piano and stuff and you lose yourself in that time and i imagine when when you're with your um girl and, and the little baby now that you just lose your time in that moment so yeah. you're at peace at these moments yeah that keep you grounded yeah i really um, visualize it as like a force that pulls you into the present so also with a child you know when you're holding a baby you're you're not thinking about anything but whoa there's a little human here that's my blood and flesh you know and that that also pulls you into the present moment and then you feel light you feel like it doesn't matter that I, I, I don't ha I haven't achieved the financial gain or the fame. Like all that matters is that I'm here breathing healthy and there's this, you know, little baby here pulling me into that present moment or playing the piano or making a, a track in the studio or training. You know, these are all different forms of meditation. That as long as you can be in the moment. Yeah. That anxiety, it, it, it destroys so many people. Um, you are such a success. What is next for you? What is next? What is the goal? What's the goal? Music? What, what I've really also realized the past three years, so after my, my low point, is that I love to create. So I, lo I love to make things... Uh, appear out of my mind that never existed before. So whether that's a song, uh, whether that's you know a cool outfit when we're, des when we're designing clothing, um, I, I need to be able to create. So you know, this past week we've been making a lot of really funny 
Instagram videos. That's also a form of creation. Beyond funny. Yeah. <laughs> Very. It, it, it's a second level. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I like to create uh, content, anything that people can appreciate or make them feel something. You know, with my songs, I make them. There's nothing better for me than you know posting a song online and then I get the reactions. Oh, this was my summer anthem, and I fell in love to this song. You know, things like that. I'm like, okay. That's what it's life is really about, right? The, those are the moments that um, you you you've given something to the world, and you're getting that feedback, and that that just that motivates you to keep creating. And it's for me the next step is just to create more, so make even better videos, make even more songs, make even more, uh, you know, art, even things that people can it can improve their perspective or their you know mentalities also things like this you know speaking about the importance of spirituality and understanding your mind taking control of your mind um, I think is one of the biggest things that I, I want to do in the next while is really push that message especially to the younger the younger generation that's growing up in the social media age and it can be so demotivating and because they don't have the understanding that, you know a lot of it is fake or a lot of it is not not real you know they get depressed and burnt out you know even in, in the netherlands there was in the news uh, last week that um that teenagers the highest rate of depression and anxiety and suicides and suicide never, ever. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that comes because there's not there's not enough attention being put on controlling your thoughts Bruce Lee said, uh, to be honest and truthful to oneself is the hardest thing a person can do. And as soon as you master that, everything else is easy. Yeah. And it, it, it's such an amazing thing that you did it at such a great age. No. Um, you had a big wake-up call. And, and, and what's nice is that you're giving it back to these people. Um, you didn't just get this success and be hungry for more and more. The success will come and you understand that. Yeah. But it will come because of how you are and how you are as yeah. a person now and giving back. Um, and, and when you were born in Mexico, mm -hmm. very family oriented, yeah. very loving. Yeah. Uh, and I notice that with a, a lot of Mexicans that, that they're very loving and family oriented um, and they try to give. They're very nurturing, yes. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I can see that in you. And then also traveling the world and not speaking the language and going to other worlds. It, it changes you as a person. Yeah. Um, it opens your eyes and makes you appreciate different cultures. Um, but also, one, you know, one important thing as well is when people look at me on social media, you know, they can also get the wrong impression. You know, muscular guy, I, I love to travel the world. And the, the interesting thing is that a lot of the content that I create, especially training, obviously training, I just love to train and that's my meditation and my physique and posting and motivating people to do that and get grabbing their attention. It's actually just my way of getting the attention in order to be able to send this message. So, you know, I'm building up this following or this this you know group of people that are interested in my life or my story, um, and I'm keeping their attention, creating creating music, photos, videos, so that at some point in the near future with a documentary or a book, I can really give something to them i think the one of the big things right now is uh you have a platform to talk to and now with generation iron coming in to do a possible documentary on this this is that's even that much more it opens up that much more because 
it's great that you you're you're financially and in the family and all that but it's the struggles to let everybody else know that you can go through this and still yeah. come out the other side yeah um and you don't have to wait and you gotta no. let go of the past and no. and enjoy the future and be hungry as heck like yeah. we are for the future but don't live in it to where it destroys your moments yeah um you covered a lot today i love <laughs> that but i want to give these guys a little something because you're a good-looking guy with a great body, so we're going to give these guys some uh, insight because I know for a moment there you were out of shape, you were traveling, and everything got down on you, and you changed up your nutrition, uh, and then I want to go into your training and how you're going to do that. Yeah, so you know the first quarter of this year, actually the last quarter of last year, um, were very difficult uh, business-wise. So I was traveling a lot. I had a lot of uh, stressful meetings and... You know, trying to get the my company to the next level, um, and of yeah, and and the traveling, and of course my daughter is uh, is growing, and it's taking up a lot of my time, and it really you know bit into not so much my my training. I was still training every day, uh, but my diet. You know, it was really I was not even able to wake up in time to prep my meals or to you know to really keep myself in a, in a good condition for. You know, posting pictures and right. making content. Uh, so I kind of reached a um, a little again, a little bit of a okay moment where okay, this is too much now. Uh, that was about seven, six and a half weeks ago, seven weeks, uh, and I had to hit 102 kilos, and that's and that's not good. For that's you. not that, that that's not muscle. <laughs> that was uh, I think I was at about 14, 15 percent body fat, which for me, you know, obviously I, I didn't you know post a lot around that time. It was very high. That's seven weeks. Seven weeks ago. So how did you change your physique from, from what it sounds like not your best in the last few years yeah. to the best I have seen you? Um, how did you do that in seven weeks? Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't quit the business or no, nothing like everything's that. Still so everything's music. still there. Music. <laughs> yeah. So you're just as busy as you were, but you found a way to do the nutrition, get in the best shape, go. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, again, exactly the same. The same kind. Of, I started to to do research to look up new diet strategies. Something specifically diet strategies for busy people. What can work for me? How can I stay on a you know to lose body fat or to maintain what I have uh, with the kind of life that I have? Being you know an entrepreneur, a father, a musician. It's how how can I pull this off now? Because this is now, it just a lot of my my tasks yeah. were just adding up over the years, and you know three four years ago I could get away with it, but slowly I couldn't anymore again. So I had to adjust something, um, and then I had started doing some more research on intermittent fasting. So I opened up my mind again. You know I was exactly the the traditional in that sense that oh, not eating for 16 hours or 20 hours or even you know 36 hours that's absolutely nonsense um, that's bad for you your metabolism is gonna crash um, so I thought let me just do some research on that because I'm, I'm hearing a little bit more about it and uh, I want to see what the whole deal is and what I found uh, were some really interesting points very interesting points uh, the first is that as humans we were not actually evolved to be eating eight, six to eight times a day. So if we're going to talk about maintaining or having a, a healthy uh, 
system or chemical balance in your body, it, it's not with eating that long and that often. The second thing I found, which I found really interesting, is that things like breakfast, because obviously with intermittent fasting, you're basically skipping breakfast or, and lunch, you know, has always been marketed to me as a kid growing up watching TV, Kellogg cereals, sugar, uh, this is the breakfast of champions, right? You, you got basically programmed to think that you need breakfast. And if you don't eat breakfast the whole day, you're going to be in a dip. So then I saw that. And then it led to the same thing. So we spoke about, you know, what is, what is actually the most important thing always is to learn. So first I just read everything. I read every perspective. I took no, no judgment on, uh, on the topic. I said, okay, I'm going to try it. So what I ended up doing... Love that you tried it. Yeah. So I, I, I started with 16 hours of fasting. So that's basically... Basically, you just skip breakfast. And then you eat in an eight-hour window. So I started with that. Now, the first day, it was weird. Because usually you wake up, you have breakfast. Um, second day, again. Third day, and the only thing I would be doing in the mornings is drinking a lot of water, coffee... Uh, any kind of sugar-free drinks were okay. And now, I all of a sudden, I was not waking up hungry. I was waking up thirsty. So that kind of triggered me of something that I read a while back, that sometimes when you think you're hungry, you're actually just thirsty. So your body's signaling, you know, sometimes doesn't get it right, and you, you, you eat instead of drinking. And um, yeah, so that, that was uh, the beginning. And then... After three days, my body adjusted completely. And in that frame that I was eating, my macros were actually the same macros that I had from you know, the five to six meals that I was doing for the standard cutting uh, plan. But now I was eating it in, more condensed, in a more condensed time frame. So the next thing I started to notice is that because I'm eating bigger meals closer together, I was feeling fuller. I was feeling fuller. And in the time that I was fasting, I was not actually that hungry. So I, once I started eating, then I got hungry. So that, I, that, that also led to the next revelation. When you eat breakfast early, you're going to end up wanting to eat the whole day through because you're, you know, your insulin, your blood sugar is going up and down, and that causes all kinds of responses of you need this or you need that. So the fasting, I wasn't hungry. I started eating, condensed time frame, and I was full. And why is that important? I'm one of those guys late at night at 10 p.m. or jar of Nutella. <laughs> and we talked <laughs> and about peanut Nutella. butter. It is yeah. our kryptonite. Yeah. And so this worked for you. Yeah. And we talked about how you were worried about, um, well, how can you be creative if you're not eating? How can you do this? How can you maintain muscle? How can you do? And, and I, I hope everybody understands this. Um, uh, there is some benefits from all the lifting you've done. But you're at such a point, and, and the one thing I did is the same kind of thing. My life is a study. I study everything. Uh, all styles of lifting or techniques or nutrition. Um, I'm a continuous study, and I'm willing to give up my body to understand nutrition, yeah. even to the finest detail. So I, I, I did the same thing. Um, the clarity that you have is amazing. No. Uh, our, our brains are so uh, clear and fresh and focused, um, and you come up with the best ideas, right? 
Yeah. And I'm not saying this, I mean, is that how it was for you? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, it, be, it begins with first realizing you don't actually need breakfast. And then, it, and then it leads into, hey, now I'm eating the same food, but in a, in a condensed time frame. Now I, feel, now I finally feel full. Before, I was eating smaller meals across and I was hungry the whole day. And I was actually only thinking about food. Even when I was supposed to be creative, I was thinking, oh, what is in the cabinet, you know? So that obviously led to then other discoveries. And one of them, which is actually, I think, the biggest one, you know, with that concept of, you know, allowing your body to fast once in a while or, you know, consistently, is um, it does not shut down your metabolism. In fact, they've done studies and the metabolism doesn't actually start to drop until you've fasted for like two days. So what's, what's interesting about that, uh, if you look even further, again, learn some more, it makes sense. If we were cavemen, we haven't evolved the last hundred years. We, we evolved a hundred thousand years. So, you know, they're not waking up to Kellogg cereals. They, they were waking up and they had to go out and hunt. So if, if after half a day of not eating or a day, your body shuts down, that makes no sense. It actually revs up. Your metabolism goes up. Your, your growth hormone goes up. So your body wants you to push to get that meal. So, and and that, that occurs in a period of about one, two days, three days. After that, of course, if you, if you don't have anything in your body, you're going to start to catabolize. But that was also a shock for me. Like, not eating, it's not, you're not going to immediately lose muscle. It's not, it's not a time frame of, you know, of a few hours or, or even half a day. It's really, you need to not eat for two, three days before your, your metabolism actually goes down. So this worked for you, and you got in incredible shape yeah. in seven weeks. Would you recommend for somebody that's trying to bodybuild, a youngster, 18 through 25, yeah. would you recommend it for them? Yeah, so what I've, um, you're condensing the meals. Now, bodybuilding is modern. Cavemen weren't bodybuilders. So in order to put on mass, yes, you need to eat often in order to make the meals smaller so that you can actually, you know, get it all in. If you have to condense the amount of bulking calories into four hours or into eight hours, you know, you're going to be eating massive meals and it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, so this diet strategy, I really like it because, because I don't have to worry about breakfast or lunch. You know, I can wake up, coffee, juice, get into the, into the office, into the studio, finish all my stuff, and then because I get, you know, I'm busy the whole day, you know, 3, 3 p.m., 4 p.m. comes along, oh, it's time to eat. I didn't even realize the time went by. So for a busy, for a busy individual, I find it really works for, you. works for maintaining your weight or cutting body fat. If you want to grow, you need to eat often. Um, and I now, like that you're open and, and you know that and it works for you. And that's what we're talking about for you guys out there listening is that uh, um, I have guys around me that uh, very little carbs most of the year because they want to be sliced to the bone. Yeah. Um, and that works for them. Um, Mona is probably a genetic freak, but she's one of those people that can eat such a large amount of carbohydrates and calories that uh, when we went through the pregnancy, we didn't have her lift. We had her relax, almost like an off-season, yeah. and loaded her on calories. And then after the baby was born, everything was great there. Then we just cut her calories, and she got right back in shape in 12 yeah. weeks without training. So even though this worked for you, and this is great for the busy man, there's so many other ways. And then mm -hmm. uh, I know that for me, when I won the universe, the very last time I won the universe, I can remember the diet to the T. And I've tried to mimic that, 
and over the years, I've never been able to mimic it the same way. The yeah. body's changed and it's done stuff. And that's why I always like to change. What I like that you, you do is you study, uh, you work with something, and this is working for you right now, and you do look great. You came <laughs> to the gym the other day and you took off his shirt and I said, all right, so on this video, I'm going to keep my shirt on and cover up. I am not taking it off next to this man. You look great. Thank you. Um, and I love the, the training that we've done this week. Yeah. We're going to get another body part before you leave? I think we got time for it. I think we got Yeah. You, we'll wake up early. You're shooting, a lot, you're shooting a lot this week. You're shooting yeah. with uh, Colum, uh, Panda, yeah. some other guys? Um, yeah, some other guys. I can't really mention them okay. anymore. A-list uh, nice. celebrities that, that somehow follow, follow me and, and, uh, and find That's it That's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you it's crazy. You reach outside of the yeah. fitness world. Yeah, it's crazy, especially for me within the music industry, especially out of DJs. Um, I have really good contact with all the best DJs in the world, and not, unfortunately, not because my music is so good that they're playing it, but because they see that I'm musical and I'm a DJ, and they have problems with their health and their anxiety and their stress. They're touring every single day, you know. So they reach out to me. Can you help me, you know, psychologically or physically with some training or some so that I, that I can, you know, get through my dip or get through my uh, uh, struggle with, you know, touring. Some of these guys play like, you know, a show every day or every second day in a different country for right. like months, stretches of months. You know, that just completely The DJs me. become celebrities. Yeah. You yeah. guys have become the, yeah. like, like, you guys are hot, man. I, no. just, it's, uh, I, I know a lot of my friends are like, oh, the DJ is, is this DJ is here, so we're all going. And I'm like, you're going for the DJ. And I was never a yeah. club guy, so I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. And it's an amazing yeah. thing. It's, I'm happy for yeah, that. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a completely different culture. And obviously, you know, the contrast between what we do with health and fitness is quite big. You know, nightclubs, drugs, alcohol. Um, but you're starting to see more and more that, you know, especially at festivals, like the guys like to go to the festivals and take the shirt off and look good. <laughs> the young guys, right? Right, right. So you're starting to see that crossover with, you know, electronic music and with, uh, with fitness more and more often. Um, you know, and when I played at Tomorrowland in, in Belgium, the biggest festival in the world for this kind of music, you know, when I was playing, it was just a bunch of fit people. Everybody, Everybody knew I was there. Going, uh, on, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Yeah, I so it's a beautiful it. thing, you know, it's, it's different. It's yeah. different from, uh, of course, I will never say I'm in the, the top um, of that world yet, maybe. You're on your way, man. <laughs> maybe I'm on my way, but, yeah, it's, what can I say? You're having fun. That's the one exactly. thing you're doing. You're, yeah. you're enjoying and you're living in the moment and you're spreading it. Yeah. You're just nothing but uh, a peaceful warrior, man. I appreciate you coming out today. Thank you. Thanks, brother. <laughs> That's it, boys and girls. Go follow Tavi. I'm assuming you are all following Tavi already, so <laughs> you don't need to go follow him. Everybody follow My girl follows him, so. <laughs> all right, guys. 